Hello, and welcome to The Tattooed Mind, a podcast where we explore the intersection of mental health, self-care, and the art of tattooing. This podcast is dedicated to sharing stories, insights, and inspiration from artists who have struggled and overcome obstacles in their lives and careers. My name is Mike Fisher Dubois, and on today's episode, I get to speak with Todd M. Todd M is a friend of mine. He's an incredible tattooer. And in this episode, we talk about how he came from being a guy who just wanted to be cool and be a pretty face in tattooing and talk to chicks and make money to one of the most thoughtful artists I've ever met. Todd puts so much energy into how he thinks about it, tattooing and into his clients and his design process, every piece of it. And we kind of go off the rails from the mission statement and talk a lot about actual tattooing today. It's just so cool to listen to this guy think that I, I hope you get to enjoy it. Here's Todd. Um, oh, I have to ask, is M actually your last name? E-M-M? Nah. I thought nah. so. Um, no, it's not. Yeah. I, so I, how, I, how that came up was, okay, so my last name starts with an M. I assume. And whenever I was put on a fucking website, they just had me as Todd M, period. And then everybody started calling me, oh, yeah, that's Todd M. That's Todd M. And I'm like, what are we in fucking fifth grade where there's eight Todds and we've got Todd A, Todd B, Todd C, and finally we're at Todd M. So I was like, well, everybody calls me that anyway, so... Let me just figure out a way. And I was like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, that fucking works out. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, yeah. So why don't, uh, to start us off then, you just tell us, uh, tell us your name and uh, how long you've been tattooing and what type of tattoos you like to do. Oh, uh, yeah. My name's Todd M. Obviously, we just went over. That's not my real last name. Uh, I'm originally from South Florida, like the Fort Lauderdale area. Uh, I live in All River, North Carolina now. I work in Mebane, North Carolina. They're right around the corner from each other. It's really weird to say that out loud because coming from Fort Lauderdale and then living in a town that's got like a population of a couple thousand is a little odd. I've been tattooing for, I think, 13 years. Um, kind of tried to my hand at a lot of the styles, except for traditional, because that's just not it for me. Um, and landed in the uh, geometric dot work tattooing category and have been doing that for the last, oh, uh, I actually five or six years now, maybe um, exclusively the last four years, exclusively all about coming on five. Like that's all I've done. That's all the projects that I take on anymore. Occasionally I'll, I'll step out of my wheelhouse and take on something a little bit different just to break up the monotony. Um, but there's really no monotony because I get to do whatever I want to do, um, within, within reason. So I, I get to keep it fresh every day. I had kind of fallen into tattooing. I was living out in Vegas for a short stint and I was living with a tattoo artist. I held up the air quotes for that one. And, um. I, I soon realized that he was just somebody that got himself a hold of some machines at that, at, at that point in time, I didn't know that you could just go buy a tattoo machine on eBay. Like I wasn't really interneting. I was real lifing it and I wasn't big on social media and all that stuff. Um, 
So I was like, hey, can I, can I like mess around with your machines? And I, I tattooed him a few times and a couple other people. And they looked at me and they're like, for never having picked up a machine, that's, that's pretty good. Full disclosure, these tattoos were terrible. They were absolutely terrible, but they were better than what was coming out of the house. Um, and one day we were sitting at the house chilling and this guy comes knocking at the door and it was our landlord. And he said, hey, do you have the rent money? I mean, the other roommate kind of looked at each other. We we're like, well, we already paid the rent. We gave rent to, to the guy who's, you know. And he says, no, he never paid me rent. We're like, well, we've been paying him rent. He says, oh, the rent hasn't been paid here in like four months. And you guys are going to need to move out. And I'm like, well, we don't have anywhere to go. We've paid all this rent. So the guy got us, um, he got us into another place real quick. Well, I took the dude's tattoo kit to make my money back and was tattooing people from the job that I was at. Uh, I wasn't. In my mind at that point in time, I wasn't really fucking anybody up. I guess I was in hindsight. Um, but I was like, this is fun. Like, I like this. Like, I really enjoy this. So I walked into a couple little, they looked like, now Now looking back in hindsight, they look like little scratcher shops. So I walked in trying to get a job, getting it to get a job. I got laughed out like everybody does. Um, <clears throat> ended up moving back to Florida. And realized that the only way to actually get into a tattoo shop was to get an apprenticeship. So rolled into my buddy's shop, said, hey, why don't you teach me how to tattoo? He said, hey, I don't have time. And then two weeks later, called me back and said, yeah, my shop manager's taking on two apprentices. I told him since he's doing this, he's got to take on a third. I want to give you a chance. I have nothing to do with this. It's sink or swim. You're going to figure it out. You're either going to make it or you're not. I took the opportunity. Went there and the guys that I was competing against, uh, they could all outdraw me. I was just like, all right, I'm fucked. Like I'm totally fucked right now, but I'm going to, I'm going to give this my all. Um, and then it was about four months into the apprenticeship where my mentor, we were going out to have a couple beers and he said to me, he goes, you know, you're going to be the one to make it right. And I'm like, I don't believe you because these guys, they can outdraw me. Like everything that they do is better than me. And he's like, yeah, but when they come into the shop, that's all they do. You're constantly over somebody's shoulder trying to figure out how to do all this stuff. And then when you actually do sit down and draw something, it might not be on their level, but it's drawn properly. Theirs are not. You know, you have some, you have some perspective things that you understand that they do not. And he said, the other thing is too, like you put all your eggs in this basket. You're working this little bullshit part-time job selling. <laughs> I was the guy that was like, hey, you need a new extended warranty on your vehicle? I was that guy. Um, he said, that's what you're doing. Like this guy, he still has, he still cooks. This other guy, he still works on cars. Like they have their backup. You have no backup. Like you've put it all into this. So you're going to be the one to make it. Just watch. Well, those guys, those other two guys aren't tattooing anymore. About... Four months into my apprenticeship, it fell apart and my mentor got fired for stealing from the shop. And we were like, well, that's not even possible. Like we've been doing all the paperwork for him. Like we write all the numbers down and everything. And they were like, yeah, he's been telling you the wrong numbers to write down. And they pulled out a stack of like all the real paperwork and they're like, here's all the proof. And it was just like, well, what are we supposed to do now? <laughs> like. 
And it was just like, don't worry, everybody's going to step in. Everybody's going to help you out. Like we want you guys to start tattooing. Like we realize you've been nothing but personal assistance. So like it's time to get you guys tattooing. And, and for all intent purposes, they just threw us to the wolves and it was like sink or swim. Um, and I just, like I said, put everything into it. Once I started tattooing, I quit the, the warranty job. I was just at the tattoo shop seven days a week, every single day of my life until they finally had to step in on one of the other employees like recommendations they were like you have to make him take a day off like he's here all the time like he just cannot be allowed at the tattoo shop one day a week you have to do it because he's going to burn himself out he's not going to enjoy this and you need to take that responsibility off of him so yeah they made me um they made me take one day a week off because i was there all the time and i was just like this is what i gotta do now having said that that original mentor, I'm probably going to like, she'll probably shoot myself in the foot by actually admitting this, but my mentor had told me like, you know, you can be like the owner who back in the day, like he was an okay tattoo artist, just like all the girls were into him. And that's why they wanted to come get tattooed. Like come get tattooed by this dude. Da, 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 da. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I'll just be that guy. You know, I just want to do all the tattoos. Like, I don't care. But if I can be a good looking dude that all the girls like, yeah, that's, I'll play into that one. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't care what I did. I didn't care what kind of tattoos I did. I just knew at the time that I was doing about half the tattoos that I should be doing because the shop was just kind of getting by. Um, and then, yeah, I, I ended up leaving that shop. I ended up, I've, I worked in the flea market a little bit after my apprenticeship. I went to the flea market because. I was like, well, I could tattoo better than most of the people that are coming in there with that chicken scratch. So I might as well do it. Put in some work at the flea market. It was a shit show, but it was a lot of fucking fun. You know, there's all, you always left the flea market with a story. Every day there was a story of some wild ass shit that happened over there. And that was always fun. Um, and then, yeah, I just ended up, you know, bouncing, like going from shop, which not really bouncing from shop to shop, but just getting in a shop and then realizing like, um, all right, well, these guys really like, they're really not trying to, to do anything over here. I ended up in a, in a shop in Fort Lauderdale with a bunch of good dudes and was taking tattooing really seriously. And then as lame as this is, I started watching the second, the second tattoo show, um, the best ink show. And I saw a couple people on there that I had been looking up to well before that show was on tv and honestly was watching that show and seeing what some of those guys did in a couple hours and then seeing that like all the stuff that they're like posting on instagram about their tattoo career and everything like that's an actual fucking reality like this isn't they're not just doing this for the gram like these guys are flying all over the world they're doing this all up with tattooing and i was like wait a second why am I just trying to be a good looking tattoo artist? Like I actually do have like some artistic talent. If I just buckle down, like maybe I could get on that level, you know, like maybe I could be good enough to like tattoo next to these guys at conventions or something. Because at that time I still had it. I mean, God, at that time, the last tattoo convention I'd been to, there was still only a couple of them in the country every year. So I didn't really know that just, you know, anybody can go work a tattoo convention at that. You just got to pay the money and show up, you know, but, but seeing these guys all over the world and everything like that, I was just like, damn, man, like 
maybe hopefully one day I'll be on a level somewhere close to them. Because at that point in time, like I didn't see anybody around me in my circles that was really, really doing it off of tattooing. They always had another side hustle or somebody's parent was always stepping in to like help them buy their house or something like that, which I'm not, I'm not talking shit about that because everybody needs help every once in a while, but nobody was really full on sustaining themselves to the level that I thought people, the level that I was seeing other people do it. And after that, I just was like, okay, so I'm, I'm going to like cut down on like the going out and socializing and everything like that. I started looking around at everybody that I was, that was around me. And I'm like, yo, these guys, like, I don't think any of them have big dreams. Like, I think they're all content with where they're at, or maybe they've got big dreams, but they're just not putting the work in. And like, I, I want to do that. So, you know, I moved on to other situations. Um, that ended up honestly being like, it was putting me around people that were more motivated about their careers, but the people that were running the shops weren't doing the proper things to bring the work in. And you know, when you've been tattooing like two or three years, especially in South Florida with the level of saturation of tattoo artists there, it's hard to get work, you know, and be able to sustain a good lifestyle because you know, it was, people were starting at one end of a street. And by the time they were hitting the tattoo shop, either way, it was like, oh, well, the last guy told me this whole sleeve would be 450. And it's like, I can't touch that. I can't do a whole sleeve for you for $450. What are we going to do? Like half day sessions for 50 bucks. And then I'm going to take home 25 of it. Cause you know, we were in the 50, 50 days back then. Um, so like, I was just kind of like drifting around Fort Lauderdale, like enough to, enough to make ends meet decent clientele, but I would say it wasn't clientele. They were more customer, you know? Um, and I got an opportunity to, to do a guest spot in North Carolina. And I mean, I did a guest spot over a weekend and me and my buddy, both, we like looked at each other after the weekend and we were like, yo, we didn't have to do anything to work here. Like what is going on? There was just, a, there was just plenty of work. Um, so I made the decision that it was like, I stepped back and zoomed out and looked at the, the big picture of life and realized like, you know, maybe you need to go somewhere else. Maybe somewhere else would be a lot better and you'd be able to have a better life. So. Fayetteville, North Carolina is where I headed. And it was cool there. One day when I was working at the shop that I was working on in Fayetteville, these three familiar faces come rolling in the shop. One of them who I was decent friends with. And we were all like, yo, what are you guys doing here? They were all from South Florida. And they were like, yo, we're like living up here now. And I'm like, wait, what? You guys are living up here? I'm like, I'm living up here. Um, and then I got word that one of those guys was opening up a shop. So I went over. Say, hey, if you're looking for somebody, let me know. And he was like, I actually am. So he looked through my work and they, this is a black and gray shop, like years and years of experience in black and gray. And in my couple of months stint and almost the year that I was at that shop, because of the way that shop was being run and it was like, get them in, get them in, get them in. Like my, my black and gray actually went backwards. So the guy that owned the shop was like, hey man, like I was looking at your portfolio 
And like, I can't, there's, I can't sell your black and gray against ours right now. Like, and I was like, that's okay. That's cool. He said, but what I can sell is the, these geometric tattoos that you've done. And I'd done a handful of them at the time. Nobody at the shop that I was working at, the original shop in Fayetteville would take them on. They were like all scared of the line work or scared of the stencils or scared of this or scared of that. And I'm still in that like, hey, let's not try to let a, let's not try to let a tattoo walk out of the door. Like it's, yes, it's a geometric tattoo. And yes, there's a lot of lines and everything in there, but it's, it's at the end of the day, it's fundamental tattooing. It's no different than traditional tattooing. It's put a bold line here, heavy black shading here, some dot work there. Yeah, the dot work's different than traditional shading, but if you're just good at line work, then I was like, all right, cool. Well, let me take these on. And that's when, um, that's when the guy's like, look, these geometric pieces I can sell. And if you want to, if you want to do the geometric tattoos and we'll market you that way, like we'll hire you, but that's really the only way I'm going to hire you. And I looked at him and I was like, all right, cool. We'll do it. We'll fucking do it. Then I get home and like process that whole conversation. And I'm just like, damn, man, fuck. Like I got to start over from scratch again. Like I can't take on certain projects that I know I'm comfortable doing. I got to do this, this style that I've. I've done sellable tattoos in it better, more better than sellable tattoos, honestly. Um, and I got to figure it all out. So, okay, cool. Let me try to wrap my head around this one. I was sitting at the house one night. I sit with my old roommate and my buddy, Alan, and my other buddy, Jerry came over. We were sitting there smoking and I was talking and I was like, man, I got this job and I'm super psyched to be working with these guys, but. I can't take on certain projects now. Like I got to stick to this and the walk-in stuff. And Alan looks at me and Alan was, Alan had been doing geometric tattoos since before it was cool to do them, before the iPads came around. He was drawing his mandalas on folded up pieces of paper. I mean, I have one of those mandalas on me. Like I watched him fold the pieces of paper up, draw, put it on me, do all that stuff. Um, and he just looks at me and he says, you know, man, he says, I know you really enjoy doing the doing the realism stuff, but said, um, you're doing those pieces really well. Like they're good, solid pieces. Like, you know, where to do everything. You've really wrapped your head around it pretty quickly. And you have two guys with a combined 45 years experience telling you, Hey, you should do this style. And he says, I'm going to be the third guy that says, hey, you should do this style. Play to your strengths. He says, I'm telling you as somebody that's been doing this for a minute, I think you should go ahead and play to your strengths. He says, do you want to be the tattoo artist that is cool or do you want to be the tattoo artist that's booked up? And maybe your stuff, you have to work a little bit harder, but you're going to be booked up. And I was like, hey, man, that's a... That's actually a really good, that's really good. I'm like, I really, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then he said, here's the other thing. He's like, I want you to walk outside of your front door right now and throw a rock in any different direction. He's like, you're going to hit a black and gray realism artist in the city. And I was like, oh shit, you're right. You're right. That makes sense. He's like, who does the geometric stuff? I said, everybody doesn't want to do it. Like they tell people go somewhere else. Like I watch it all the time. He goes, yeah, you could be taking all that work. 
So it was at that moment where I swallowed that whole bottle of hard to swallow pills and just said, all right, cool. That's what I'm going to do. And I literally opened my Instagram up at that moment and went and unfollowed so many fucking tattoo artists because like my feed was filled up with stuff that like I was trying to do. So I went and unfollowed all these guys. I just started typing in hashtag geometric tattoo and anybody that was doing work that I was like, wow, over like I was following. And I just started zooming in and then um, I was putting in the work. I was getting a little bit busier. I was staying booked out consistently two to three months. And um, then the people at Black Hive, that's the, that's the second shop that I worked at um, with Louis G and Cesar Morales uh, and Los too. Can't forget about him because Los is really the reason that I ended up getting a job over there. Um, shit, I lost my train of thought. Black Hive. Um, yeah, I just lost my train of thought and all of that. No, that's cool, man. I'll hop in here. We've got about 20 minutes of that talk anyways. Um, man, so, uh, you talked about a lot of awesome shit, but I want to kind of talk a little bit right away about what you were talking about at the end of all that, which is how you kind of accidentally became a geometric tattooer. And now you're one of the best in the industry, in my opinion, at least. Um, and that I reminds me. That. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Sorry. <laughs> um, but that, that reminds me of something I tell so many young tattooers who hop in and they're like, oh, I'm going to specialize in this. This is what I want to do. This is the only type of tattoo I do. And I'm like, you've been tattooing for six months. You should do everything that shows up because your clients are going to pick what type of tattoo you do, not you. Um, yep. And that seems like that was exactly your experience. Yeah, man, I just... Well, so going back to what I was saying earlier in, in the first couple of shops that I worked at, like I did it like I, in my first six months of actually being like a tattoo artist, I know that I did half the amount of tattoos that I should have done as a tattooer because the walk-ins weren't there. I'm a tattooer. Like that's my job. Like I was brought up in one of those old school shops that you don't let anything walk out of the door. Now, where it got weird with that situation was my mentor was a Sharpie guy. And he was like, I'm not going to teach you how to make, how to build a machine. I'm not going to teach you how to do this. I'm not going to teach you how to do that. You buy all of that stuff now. and You're not going to do lettering because that's not what I'm teaching you how to tattoo. And it was at the flea market where the dude taught me how to tattoo lettering. And I went, holy fucking shit. This is like one of the most important things that somebody should learn about tattooing is how to do fucking lettering because of how, what it can do for your line work. Um, so yeah. And I mean. Yeah, they. I, I hear so many people might say the same thing. Like, I want to specialize in American traditional. And I say to them, get back to me in five years. I would be willing to bet you're not doing American traditional. You're doing something else. I, you were one of those guys, weren't I was, you? I was. I was. I thought I was going to do American traditional. And I came into a shop where uh, nobody wanted to tattoo the Hispanic kids. And the Hispanic kids all wanted black and gray. So I just started learning how to do black and gray stuff. And from there, I went to a shop where they did a lot of realism and I kind of accidentally learned how to do realistic black and gray there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's funny when people want to want to pigeonhole themselves into a style so early on. I mean, there's some people that they can do that because they they fucking excel at just that one thing and they're people see it 
Um, and it's, it, it's one of those things that they just, they want, it's like, you know, when you're talking about two guys that I think about that did that were like, um, Sean Gardner and Nick Mitchell, like both those guys, they were so far advanced artistically that they just really needed to learn how to tattoo and they could tattoo their own artwork. Um, and you know, that's, that's cool for them. That's awesome that they, they had that, but most people don't have that. Um, yeah. no, most guys they don't are have some- that option. Yep. Most of us are getting into this and we're, you know, in our early twenties and can't draw very well to begin with anyways. So really we're a blank canvas, just trying to, like you said, be the cool guy. You know, you want to pick what is the thing that I think is going to make me the coolest is going to help me feel like I fit into this social group the best. Um, exactly. Yeah. And it's funny too, because Tattooing can be a little clicky, but for the most part, once you just become a tattooer, you're already cool. It doesn't matter what type of fucking tattoos you do. Yeah. And you know, like the clickiness of the tattoo industry, um, it's, it's kind of got me turned off these days. Like when you go to certain tattoo conventions and you can like walk in the door and see all the different clicks and you're like, all right, where am I gonna, where am I gonna gravitate to, you know? Um, and that's, that's with 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 anything at all that's going to be the case you know what i'm saying so um but yeah man um and i and i still see a lot of people today that are established in their career and but they're not as busy as they could be because they're like oh, i just, I just want to do this one thing but then they're bitching that they have like cancellations or days to fill and whatnot it's like well you know if you quietly did the tattoos that everybody else wanted that you didn't want to do, you wouldn't be saying this. Like, you don't have to post all those on the internet. Hell, I mean, like, honestly, there's still some clients that I have that I've tattooed for a couple of years and they come to me and they're like, hey, can you tattoo this for me? And it's not a geometric fucking tattoo. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and tattoo that for you because you're already a client of mine. That's my fucking job. But I want you to know, I will not be posting this tattoo on the internet because I'm going to post it and there's going to be a dozen people that are like, oh, shit, he's doing some black and gray again. Let me let let's open up that can of worms. It's like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. And I feel like you just. Let, oh, I, I just I feel like you're just calling me out right now, man. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm thinking about a client that right. I had just recently that she came to me and she was like, hey, I know this isn't your style anymore. I love your black and gray would you do this for me? And I said, yeah, I've already tattooed, tattooed you before. You've, I did a tree line on her wrist, a large tree line on her wrist. And then I did a full, a full geometric outer leg panel for her. So, you know, like we have a relationship and she knows how I work, but the tattoo that she came to me with was she wanted a view from those bottom trees. Like you were looking up the mountains and I'm like, and the references that she showed me and I was just like, yo, like this is really hard to do because there's not a lot of tattooing to really go on because it's snow and you've got it. And and she knew where I was coming from. And she's like, look, and I said, okay, I'll figure all this out and everything like that. But I said, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm going to do this tattoo for you at the best that I can do it for. And she's thrilled to death with the tattoo. I actually am too, considering the type of tattoo it was. And it's, it reads the way it's supposed to. It's, and that's what I'm really happy about. Um, but I won't go post it because I don't want to open up that can of worms for myself because 
no, not, definitely not calling you out, but definitely like, I'm not going to fucking go posting some black and gray shit, like looking at your posts. You know what I'm saying? Like there's people out there. And my, my opinion on that is there's definitely people out there that are far better at that than I am. But if a current client comes to me and they're like, Hey, this is what I'd like from you. I'm nine times out of 10 going to do it or well, nowadays, I'm going to be like, you should look at the guy in the booth next to me and just yeah. set up an apologue with him because it's fucking TJ. You know what I'm saying? And even, even the day that I was doing the, the, I was doing a mountain range on her upper, on her upper, uh, upper bicep and came in and TJ's like, what is going on right now? And I'm like, please don't look at this. He's still looking at it. He goes, are you doing realism right now? And I'm like, yeah, 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 I am. I am. Please don't look at it. Please don't look at it. Um, I, and it was it. a lot of fun to do. <laughs> I, I, it's nice to get to get out of your style sometimes. I've got a woman I'm doing a geometric sleeve on, uh, which is funny. It's like literally the opposite of what you're doing. Um, like if you need patterns walls. or anything, holler at me. I got shitloads of them, man. Um, I've just finished. Or I've got like one session left just to tighten nice. up some things. But it's a similar thing where um, the woman was, you know, I've worked on her a bunch in the past and. You know, I finally, before starting the sleeve was like, you know, I can recommend you to like five other tattooers who are going to do a way better job than me. Um, and she said she had a really bad experience with the tattoo artist she worked with before me and just now doesn't want to get tattooed by anyone else. So when you hear that sort of stuff, you know, it really makes you realize that so much of what we do is about like the interpersonal connections that we make with our clients, not just with the tattoo work we're putting out. And you know what, man, it, it's kind of like, it's humbling to me that even though I don't do that style, the person still wants to come to me because they're that comfortable with me and they know. And the other thing is too, when I do step out of my, when I do step out of my wheelhouse, because I step out so infrequently, I'm very upfront with my client and saying like, Hey, this is probably going to go a little bit slower um, just because I don't do this all the time. I may actually put like, especially with this, with this mountain scene, I was like, Hey, like after this thing settles in, like if we need to bump the contrast a little bit, like I'll definitely do that because I don't have, I work with straight black. Now there is no washings going on. So I don't exactly I don't, I, I'm, I'm less familiar with how my tones heal up in black and gray these days is how I guess I should say it. Um, I know how to do my breakdown. I know how to apply everything like that, but like, I can tell you exactly how my geometric sleeve is going to heal. You know what I'm saying? The black and gray sleeve. I'm like, eh. And even that particular sleeve that we're, that we're talking about right now, like everything when it came back and I was like, Ooh, I think that might be a little bit dark. I think I might've overdone it. Like it all healed to where I was like, damn. I really, I'm really fucking happy with that piece, man. Like, especially doing the Grand Tetons and not having touched realism in a minute. Like, ah, that was cool. That was, that was cool. And and to see her face when it was all said and done, it was like, this is exactly what I pictured. I was like, fuck yeah, man. Dude, it's so nice when, like, not only do you get surprised by the tattoo work you do, but when you can just get that, like, level of joy out of tattooing. Because I feel like so often especially for guys like us who work on bigger tattoos, there's a lot of work that you put in and you'll get done with a day. And you, at least personally, I'm always a little disappointed by how much progress I made or didn't make. 
I'm always really hesitant to even like look at photos that I took of it because I know I'm just going to be nitpicking myself on stuff that isn't done yet, but I'm just going to tell myself it looks like shit because it isn't done. Um, and there can be a lot of these moments where you're just really disappointed in the work that's coming out. And then you get that one day where you're like, oh, hey, maybe I know what the hell I'm doing. You know what it, you know, it gets me. And this happened, this happened about a year ago, um, was in a shot. I was in, I was just working at Sacred Mandala and one of the, one of the newer guys did a, a quick walk-in tattoo. And it was one of those tattoos that was squiggly lined, sketchy. Like that was the style that it was in. There was no like technical proficiency in this fucking tattoo. And this client saw the tattoo and just was over the moon. And Shane Smith, who I was working with at the time, very, very casually and nonchalantly says, you know, man, I really wish I got that reaction out of my days when, when I was done with my tattoo. And I go, bro, same. Like my sessions are so long. And like on those last sessions where we're like completing things, I'm doing like the heavy black shading and the least, the, the, the least enjoyable part of the tattoo for the person. So, and usually the most work for me. So when we're both done, like my clients, I, I was joking around like, yeah, my clients basically like throwing a stack of cash at me and being like, all right, cool. I'm done with you. And I never get that. Like, this is fucking awesome because we're both so worn down at the end of the day. And it was really cool. Cause like a week later I did a, a one and done tattoo for a young lady. And when I did that tattoo and she went and looked at it in the mirror, she was just over the fucking moon about it. And I was like, I needed that. I so needed this reaction out of a tattoo right now since Shane had said that. And I kind of got that same reaction out of this black and gray sleeve, awesome. you know? Um, and that was, re that's really cool. And that's kind of like, sometimes that's better than the paycheck at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody wants their bills paid and everybody likes nice things, but to know that you hit the nail on the head and and executed something and the person and just far exceeded their, their expectations. Cause I'm going to tell you that has gone another way with me on a tattoo. Get ready for this, bro. I have done a tattoo that has, that has not won a second place award and I'm not an award person. I'm using that so that you can see what the people at the conventions thought about it. Right. And Nobody knew that these tattoos were done by me. As far as I know, like the person just showed up and they fucking got it. And this person was not happy with their tattoo. And I had to cover the upper portion of a fucking tattoo up on something that was like an award-winning fucking tattoo on something that people were telling me, bro, I think this might right now we're where you're at and everything. I think this might be the nicest work that you've put out, like straight up, like you're, this is, this is it. And then to have the client look at me and say, I love everything about this arm, but this one, this one thing, I wish you would talk me out. It was a skull and a mandala mashed up. I wish you would talk me out of the skull. And I said, 99% of the time I would have talked to you and doing the skull somewhere else and saying, this is a totally different tattoo but I thought you were so married to that skull and I just made it work. And her vision and my vision were just off. She told me flat out, yes, this is a great fucking tattoo. I think it is top tier work, but I don't like it and I want to cover it up. And I ended up covering up the tattoo with a tattoo that was 
exactly as big as the previous tattoo. I actually, Mike, I think it was a quarter inch bigger just to give myself that little bit of room to work with, you know? Um, and then the client actually looked at me and was like, can I ask you a question, like a legit question? And I want you to think about this for a second before you answer me. And I said, what's up? And they're like, All right, should you even be doing this tattoo? Should you even be covering this tattoo? Up? And I said, uh, yeah, what's your fucking reasoning? I, I didn't say it like that. I said, yes, I definitely should be covering this tattoo up. And I want to know why you're asking this question. Are you too close to it? You think it's a great tattoo and because it's a great tattoo and I'm saying it's a great tattoo and everybody else is a great tattoo. Is that why you shouldn't be covering it because you don't really want to cover it? And my response to that was, you know what? Like, and it took me a long time to actually sit down and really address the issue because the client wasn't understanding what I was saying. Okay. It was, it was actually the girl that I was dating at the time. We were in a serious relationship. Um, and. I, I had told her, like, look, I actually, we tried to talk about it at the house, out to dinner multiple times, and it just was not happening. So I booked her a consultation. She came in and we did like a legit client artist consultation. And I had stuff for her to, I had the same stuff for her to look at. We were looking at my house and her house at dinner and all that stuff. But the girlfriend boyfriend has got taken off before we both walked in there and she like read everything and understood everything that I was talking about. But my answer to that question was, look, now that I've figured this out and how to do it, like now, yeah, no, I need to be the one to do this because like, first off, any tattoo artist is going to tell you that they, that they, they, they can cover that is going to tell you they're going to need to do a whole half sleeve. Or they're going to tell you they're going to need to laser most of it a few times. I'm like, I know how to cover it up with a tattoo that's exactly the same size. I go, that in itself, if I can pull that off, to me, that's like a personal goal. And then I leaned in and I was like, my fucking second, my backup Instagram handle is the dot God. If I can't do this, I can't have that fucking name. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to fucking do it. So everybody liked it when it was one thing. I covered up the top half of it. Now, what do you think of it? Because you couldn't tell it was a cover-up. I was, I was pretty proud of that tattoo. But, you know, that goes both ways. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, how, you have a client that you've done some badass shit on. They're like, yeah, I just don't like it. Man, I don't like it. Oh, and that sucked to hear, that dude. I, that sucked to fucking hear. I'm like, you've won awards for that thing. Like, you know, it's great. Dude, it breaks your heart. You know, like, anytime a client isn't satisfied with a tattoo, it's really disappointing. But when you know that what they're not satisfied with is the best you can do, like that's even worse. Like, How about when they know that it's the best you can do, they're satisfied with it. It just doesn't meet their vision. And they're telling you like this thing is flawless. In my opinion, it's flawless. It's some of your best work. I'd like it covered. <laughs> that sucks, man. <laughs> hey, but you know what? I, I like it was, you know, what? like mini goal achieved mini goal achieved how does it feel when you have pieces like that kind of floating out in the ether that are unfinished like how does that kind of get to you um that particular piece i've i've made my peace with the fact that i like everything worked out how it worked out and i'm not going to get it to be absolutely on point i do know that no matter where that person goes, no matter where she goes, everybody's going to look at that fucking sleeve. Um, 
and be like, yo, that's fucking badass who did it. As a matter of fact, around here now, it's like they don't, it's not who did that anymore. It's Todd did that, didn't he? That's Todd's work, isn't it? And that's, that's a good feeling, you know? It sounds like a good um, feeling. I don't, um, I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest to, to, to just expand on that, to take it past that tattoo. Mike, I'm fucking lucky these days, dude. I don't have a lot of unfinished tattoos floating around. If I do, it's because the person is taking like a break over the summer. Um, they live out of state and they can't get back to me. They've like, like the few that I do have floating around that are unfinished, everybody thinks they're finished. Me and the client are the only ones that know. Um, the only problems that I have with those projects are when they come back, like a lot more has to be worked on. And I have to tell them like, hey, this, you've worn this thing for a year now. When I jump back into it, I'm going to go have to spruce a couple other things up. Possibly, possibly, possibly. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. I have, a, I have a good clientele base. I, I also think it's because my clientele base is a bit older these days too. I'm working with a lot of guys that are in my age bracket, which I'm 45, coming to get their first sleeve. Um, and some of them have been like, Hey, I'm doing a half sleeve. And then two sessions into it, it's like, Hey, we're just going to go ahead and take it down to the, down to the wrist, you know? Um, and also I think that is because I, I don't, I know this kind of, kind of sounds shitty of me, but, um, I market to 25 and over. I don't market my, all my boosted posts or anything like that are, are, are people 25 and over. My logic for that is most people that are 25 years and under aren't established. They, my tattoos are a big financial, physical, and mental commitment. And a lot of people under 25 aren't really there. Yeah. Um, I do, I do have a couple of them that have found me and they're like, they're a rare breed under 25 and they're like setting up appointments every couple of months because they want to get the shit finished. And it's rare that somebody's got, um, you know, five figures to drop on a sleeve. In that no. age, in that, in that age bracket, I should say. Um, and I, I know that's, I, I know that's kind of shit. Like I had a client say, oh, well you fucked up cause I'm 24 years old. And I'm like, you're still here though. No, I totally um, get it, man. I always talk about how I do stepdad tattoos, <laughs> you know, like, and it, it's just a thing, especially when you're doing bigger projects. Like you said, there's a, a lot of 22 year olds want sleeves. Not a lot of them have the job that supports that one. Um, so, or, and, and that's, and let's take that, let's, let's expand on what you just said. They have a job that doesn't support it both financially and they can't walk in being tatted up. Yeah. Yep. But, and then even if they do have all that too, there, there's a certain emotional commitment that comes to knowing you're going to start something that won't be finished for a year. Yeah. Um, and that's a big thing. I think a lot of clients and a lot of tattooers too need to really get behind like is you're going to start a project, have an idea, and you need to pretty well stick with just that idea you started with for the next year. You can't get bored with it. You can't get aggravated at your client. You have to kind of like learn to build a relationship with these people, um, you know, and I love that part of it. I love having a relationship with my clients. I spend hours putting a sleeve together and I'm excited to get to see it through to the end uh, and get to know people too. Um, but man, yeah, a lot of people just 
don't seem like they're ready for that. Yeah. And, you know, I, and I, I for sure, uh, my, my booking turnover rate is, is, is pretty good, um, honestly, but I'll, every once in a while we'll have that. I've actually had two cases in the past eh, three years where, um, you know, people have left deposits with me and then come in for the consultation and, you know, I really lay everything out for them and they've actually messaged back and been like, Hey, you know, after, after really doing the math on everything on just the commitment, everything like I'm, I have no business on this ball field. I'm sorry. I left the deposit. Um, you guys go ahead and keep that. Uh, it's just not the right time in my life right now. Uh, most every time we send the client back a message, like we certainly understand that your deposit will always be there. If you're ready to move forward with the tattoo, you will always have a deposit and we will just book you an appointment on that. Um, some people would say you should give the deposit back. The reason I don't give the deposit back is because we've already put a lot of work into that client to get me into the shop to sit down with them. Um, I very rarely, I'm so specialized. I, I will say I'm very, 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 very lucky about this. So I'm so specialized that just through one simple email, I can tell if I'm taking a project on or not. Very rarely do I need to meet with a person. So I'm very rarely meeting with a person that hasn't given me money already. Um, I, I get that. I see my only issue with that is, and this is just personally, I turn down a lot of people because I talk, once I talk to them in their console, I realize that they're not going to like working with me for a year. I'll just get to a point in the conversation where it becomes really apparently clear that like, we're not going to vibe. Like We might vibe for a few hours. If it was a one and done tattoo, that would be cool. But you've got to trust me through this whole process. You've got to understand that your tattoo might not look great for like a couple months when we're getting started. Um, and you can just kind of pick that person out at that consult. So I usually wait till after that to take the money, but. Um, okay. So you know what? Be, I can, I can totally see that with the fact that you're doing the same style every day, but you're doing a space scene today, a fucking some kid's soccer picture tomorrow while they're playing on the field tomorrow and then on friday you're doing some pandas so with me because i'm so specialized and niche and most of the references that i get are now my own tattoos i'm like hey so this is the reference that you sent me i need you to let me know i need to let you know right now that just this section of the sleeve took me two and a half days to do and this is how I do it. I'm very, I'm very cut and dry. Um, I can, I can tell, we can kind of tell through an email if a person's going to be for me or not for me. And I definitely pride myself on being very easy to work with. Um, I definitely make a person feel very comfortable about making changes if they need to make changes. Um, uh, but I'm also really good at letting somebody know, like, hey, you're you're stepping onto my court right now, and we play the game by my rules. 
My rules are very clear and very transparent. I don't have rules. I'm, I'm using that analogy. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm very clear and transparent about my rules. And this is just the way it, it really is. And if that's not for you, then we're not for each other. But I think at this point, and, I, and I'm and also like, the, I think the first thing I say in my consult, I have this script that nothing ever changes in my consult when I'm, when I'm first meeting clients. Um, like I introduce myself and everything. I'm like, okay, we're doing a half sleeve. Like these are the reference photos that I've got. We're just on the same page right there, right? Okay, cool. So you are coming to me because you want geometric tattooing and I need to let you know that geometric tattooing is literally the slowest form of tattooing there is. Everything's created dot by dot. I'm slower than most people are. Um, and I say, you know, if, if you look at my work and look at other people's work, I think they're, I think everybody that's doing top-notch geometric work is like up there, but I definitely feel that my work is extremely clean and meticulous. You know, my pattern work, the way I'm able to lay things out. And I just say, that's the reason that the tattoos look like that. Um, now, having said that, I do have two clients right now that I'm like, man, I really wish I wasn't doing a half sleeve with these people. Like the work is great. They, they understand the process, but our vibe just isn't there. You know what I'm saying? And I'm literally like, and the crazy thing is these two people are getting some of like uh, some of my favorite things that I'm putting out right now. Like I just love the work that's on them. Everything is healed up. Like ab like it they healed up exactly the way I tattooed. It didn't soften up. Nothing like that. It's just it's just where I want my shit to be at. But man, like the whole like and these people these these two particular clients are like they're annoying the whole fucking shop too. You know to where like they'll say something and one of the tattoo artists it's like not facing that or like behind them will we'll flick them off you know what i'm saying because <laughs> it, and it's and it's 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 because it's they're that type of person that they feel because they've been there for four hours and they've picked up on your vibe like they can immediately jump in on it like like joking with me the way that you could joke with me and the way that tj and grace and those guys could joke with me but like like he, like the one of them called me a bitch one day and i like looked at him and i was like i knew it was in a joking manner but I was like, did you really just say that to me right now? Like, we don't have that relationship. Like, and then said something else to me. And actually, yeah, like there, I definitely made a comment back and looked at him like dead in his eyes. And like, you're really like, I think it was, I was like, no, I think this is like a bad idea for you to be making these jokes with the guy that's tattooing you right now, yeah. you know? Um, but. It's cool, man. Like, I, I feel like if that's what I'm. If that's what I have to complain about, about my, my clients, like, I'm cool. Well, you know what I'm saying? Totally. Especially because for every client like that, you have 20 who are just like the most amazing people that, I mean, I have some clients that literally will just text and be like, oh, hey, I was reading this book and it seemed like something that you would really enjoy. Uh, here's the, here's a recommendation. Or I'll send him a video that I saw on YouTube because we had talked about it. You know, I, I have clients yep. that I know what their kids are up to. Um, you know, it's funny about, about the kids. Like, it's funny you say that, man, because um, all of my I'm definitely closer to some clients. And there's some clients that I got that are considered to be friends now. But there's just with every client, I don't care who it is, 
I try to remember something personal about. I do the same. You know what thing. I'm saying? Yeah. Just one, just one little thing. Um, and and I always try to bring that up. And then, you know, the first session I learned that one thing, and then I bring that up the next session. You know, I say, oh, hey, how'd this work out for you? Or, you know, um, I've got a client who's, you know, uh, we had to move her appointment, and she's like, hey, so listen, I'm gonna need to bring my daughter that day. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's cool. She's like, well, she's special needs. And I'm like, hey, we've talked, we've chatted. I remember you, you like educated me on the whole thing. Like, we're cool. Like, it's, that's all good, you know? And the fact that I said that to her, like, hey, I remember our conversations about that. Like, that's not even, you didn't even need to bring that up. You just needed to bring her through the shop. We're cool like that. Like, I saw her like, oh, wow, this dude gives a little bit of a shit. And it's not, it, I'm not being fake about it either. These people are giving me a lot of money. They're telling me a lot of things. Like, let me remember one or two things. So the next time I see it, like, hey, how'd your wife's, uh, your, you know, your wife broke her finger the day before your last tattoo, like that affecting her or anything like that. Oh, no, she's cool. Like it didn't end up being broken or some shit like Thanks for asking, you know? Yep. Yeah. And it, I get the same thing from them. Yep. It, it's amazing how a little thing like when's the wedding or how is your vacation or how's your wife's doing you know like that little thing can make such a difference too in a lot of these people's days i think in general we forget that like with all people that we run into like even the lady who serves you your coffee every morning if you can remember a little piece of information about them it can really just change their perspective on themselves like everyone just wants to feel important you know you know what it's funny you say that about like the coffee lady because there's this gas station that I would hit every day on the way to Durham. And I got to know the guy that was there and it was gas station, everything like that. And there'd be some days that I'd walk in there and I'd be like, I got to go to fucking work today. Da -da 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 -da. Like, just like, oh, I, my life is so fucking hard. Have a quick little conversation with Naveen and be like, yo, man, like I needed that. I just needed to see his smiling face. Yep. And I remember the last day that I went in there before I moved. He's like, yo, I, he's like, I haven't been seeing you a lot lately. And I'm like, man, I, I actually was in the hospital for a minute and I'm not going to be working in Durham anymore. Like, this is my last day in Durham. Like, I'm working closer to my house. And I saw the look on his face, like total disappointment that he wasn't going to see me every day anymore. And I was like, yo, honestly, like, it sucks that I'm not going to see this guy, but we've obviously impacted each other's lives. You know what I'm saying? And I, like, I would go by my like, when the lottery would get up to like $400 million, like that's where I buy them. And I'd always tell them like, yo, if I hit on this motherfucker, bro, I'm coming back in here with a fucking million dollars for you, a million. And then the last time I walked out, I was like coming in here with a million dollars for you with Lamborghinis for everybody else that's in this motherfucker. <laughs> and he just looked at me and started laughing. I was like, I'm gonna come in. If I win that lottery, I'm coming in here for you, bro. I'm gonna change your life. And I totally would have too, because I like that fucking dude. That's cool. Uh, yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, we're getting towards the end here. Before we do, I want to kind of go back to something you talked about in your story, though. So like way back to an hour ago, you talked a lot about how you had to move. Uh, even though you were already tattooing, you were already working, you had to move to a different state and then you moved again. Um, can you kind of talk about just what that experience was like for you having to basically start over with a new group of people and have to feel like you were making yourself a new home? Um, okay, so 
The interesting thing was about that whole situation is everything was 100% comfort level until this last move. Until this last fucking move, bro, to fucking work with TJ and Brandon and those guys. And I'll tell you why. So I came up and did it. When I moved to North Carolina, I came and did a guest spot at that shop and I was working months at a time in my transition. So I was getting to know everybody. We were all on the same, like, hey, let's, I thought we were all on the same page and everybody was super cool. Um, um, <clears throat> sorry, that was an email I read. Uh, oh, you're good. So everything was, um, everything was like copacetic. When I moved from shop A to, to Black Hive in Fayetteville, like I knew those guys. The only person that I didn't know there was um, Louis's wife. And she was running the counter and everything like that. So I kind of just slid in there, was like, hey, I'm here to do a fucking job. I'm here to fucking grow with you guys. Let's fucking make this happen. And that's what we fucking did. Um, then when it was time to leave Fayetteville, I was going to work with Alan at Sacred Mandala. And it was the same thing. Like, yo, I'm going to work with my homies. There was a couple other people that were that I knew that I worked there, I worked there with previously. So it was like, yo. This is what I'm coming to do. I'm a geometric tattooer. I'm going to go work at Sacred Fucking Mandala. I'm hitting the fucking ground running. and I'm just going to fucking do this for my fucking career. Now, the move to fucking Blackbird. First of all, has been fucking phenomenal for me, like across the board. But um, when that conversation started to happen, so... I reached out. I didn't know if there was an opportunity or not. I heard there might be an open booth. I got passed along some phone numbers. So I reached one day. I was just like, it's time to do this, man. It's time to do this. Um, I was driving 40 minutes to and from work every day. Um, and I was just feeling like I was on a different page than everybody else as far as like, I'm still like really fucking hot into tattooing right now. I just kind of felt like everybody else was just tattooing um and so i i, I fucking reached out had a quick conversation it was like yeah I, like i'll get back to the situation i mean like we all fucking know how that goes when you're trying to fucking step up in the world you know what i'm saying and that was the other thing like this was definitely like not a lateral movement for me this was a, this was a step a, a progression move for me um and sorry about that i thought the ringer was off um and um yeah man so it, it happened very quickly and like it, it turned into a yeah like so when would you want to start type of situation in less than 24 hours and it was like why well, i didn't even know that this was an option you know so let me figure out i figured out how i was going to handle everything and then it kind of hit me that i was getting ready to walk into a shop and work with a bunch of people that i had i had met one of them before for about 30 minutes and so there's no rapport there like i've never even seen some of these people like if they walked by me on the street i wouldn't know who they were so i started really like assessing the situation after i'd made the decision like i knew that was the decision that needed to be made but then i started looking back and realizing when i moved to durham like I took three days to move into my house and then was working at getting inspected and working at Sacred Mandala. Um, my first year at Sacred Mandala, well, got interrupted by COVID, but I mean, I went on that schedule where it was like, 
I was working seven days straight and taking a day off and then working another four days straight and taking two days off. And like my schedule was really, there was no structure to it. It was just like, I was working all the fucking time because I needed it. I needed to be there. You know, I'm, I'm in a new city. Like I'm, I'm completely brand new here. Like I need to be getting my name out there. Then my marriage went to shit. Um, but my stability from that was sacred mandala. You know what I'm saying? That job was my fucking stability. It, I put everything into it, like no social life, barely fucking hung out, barely left my, I was at, at the shop. I was reestablishing myself, making all that money up that I lost on, on the marriage situation and <clears throat> realized that the only thing that I had known since I moved to Durham was sacred Mandala. And if I'm a betting man and I'm not, I would actually bet that that's what landed me in the hospital with the fucking, with my fucking intestine problem was like my nerves just went through the roof. I just ended a relationship. I was getting ready to go work at a shop that was top tier, top tier artists working there. Um, but I had never met anybody. And like I had gotten a job without even meeting anybody, you know, like I got the job and then walked into that shop seven days later, like, hey, what's going on? Nice to finally meet you. You know what I'm saying? And I think that was just like, so fucking nerve wracking for me that, yeah, man, I'll probably be in the hospital, dude. Like hole in my bowels, like fucked up, like really fucked up bad. Um, <clears throat> got back into the swing of working, like got my shit, you know, got everything fixed and taken care of and whatnot. Um, and then just realized like, what did you stress out about? Because like, this was the fucking move. Uh, but it was, it was, that was so, so to, yeah, that was, that was the, the most nerve wracking move. Like everything else was just like a, let's pack my shit and fucking go. Cause it's not the first time I've moved out of state, like for myself before I've, I've relocated before I was a tattooer. Yeah. Um, I just, the, the other times relocating, not as a tattooer, having just a regular job was almost nerve wracking because you've got that one skill that that one company hired you at. And if things don't work out, you have to go find another one. And it might not be like a craft type situation, fucking tattooing. You can do that anywhere. You know, and especially me being able to travel around with like a couple needle groupings, a fucking battery tattoo machine and some black, like I can go anywhere. So yeah, the move to Blackbird was definitely the most, most nerve wracking one. And that was to a shop 11 minutes away from my house, bro. You know, that wasn't leaving, that, that wasn't leaving the state or doing anything like that. That was just, I don't know, man, I guess it was like walking onto a different court or something like that. I don't know. That's funny. You know, um, I, I, I think a lot of people can associate with that. Um, when you try and do that, like step up in your career, you know, there's that moment of severe imposter syndrome where you're like, well, I know they hired me, but do they actually realize who I am when they hired me? Or, you know, like, am I going to like them? Are they going to really want me there? Like what's going on? Um, so yeah, I, th I think we all feel that way. I mean, I think that, I think that my resume was definitely checked out pretty quickly. Like, uh, like people, people reached out, like there were some phone calls made for sure. Um, and I, and I for sure said like, Hey, if you need to, if you need to call anybody and check me out, like, feel free, go ahead, you know? Um, but it was, it was, it was definitely humbling to, to be hired that way, you know? Yeah. Um, it makes me kind of feel like I'm doing something 
something right every once in a while. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, last question for you. Uh, so let's say you're talking to a tattooer. They've been doing it a couple of years, pretty fresh at it. They're not satisfied with where they're at. They're not satisfied with the work that they see going on around them and the effort being put in by people. What, what would you tell them to change their situation? You know, I actually just had somebody message me on something like that and asked me and, and told me that the people, it's the people around them that they don't really want to like, they're not really pushing themselves. And I'm, I'm, I'm big on that. Like you're only as good as those you surround yourself with. Like if you're an excellent tattooer and, and you're surrounding yourself with excellent tattooers, but those tattooers are like shitty human beings, you're going to end up becoming a shitty human being. You know what I'm saying? Um, if you surround yourself by a bunch of good people that are shitty tattooers, like you're going to be a good person, but your craft is only going to grow so far. So like, I think it's, I think it's important that you, if you're not happy with the situation that you're in and you're seeing it, you need to, you need to try and realize that shit real quickly and find out if there's other places that you can go and I definitely tell people, if you're going to make a move, don't make a lateral move. And you have to remember too, it's one of the things that was brought up to me when I was making this move, uh, like no place is perfect. You're going to have a problem everywhere you go. There's going to be issues, especially with how we all work with each other for so many hours on end, like fuck man. The reality of the situation is sometimes, a lot of the times, we're closer with the people that we're tattooing next to every day than our own significant others. So, um, yeah, I just think that if they're trying to push themselves and they're, the, the, the energy around them isn't good in, in, in one of many aspects, then they need to like start thinking like, and that answer, I need to be very fucking clear about this. That answer is not going and opening a fucking location and then trying to get it with other people that are of your skill level, but of the same mindset, because that's two fucking negatives right there. It doesn't equal a positive. A bunch of fucking green tattooers can't, they can teach each other, but it's not going to go well. Okay. It can go well, but the percentages there, they are what they are. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think that a lot of people in that specific situation you just talked about, they're trying to grow and everything like that. Um, they think that's the answer and then bring people in. Well, you bring those people in, you got to fucking keep them happy. But now you've turned yourself, now you're trying to get good at tattooing and excuse me, you're going to be a babysitter in a sense. Um, so yeah, I think it's just, um, figuring that that part out and sometimes you do have to make a sacrifice and realize okay well this is actually unless i want to unless i'm going to start going out to conventions and walking around as a fan not working the convention and make connections and guest spot and look to move out of state sometimes you're in the best situation you can be at too you know and the only time i say to leave that situation is if the negatives that are there is if you're, you know, you've got somebody there that's fucking creepy with clients and questionable in that situation, and, um, moral type shit, yeah. moral type shit where a person's moral compass is fucked up. 
they're into little kids or they're a fucking rapey individual. That's when you got to fucking get out of there. And if you, and I'll say this, I'll say this too. If you got to, if you've got to take a step backwards to get out of a situation like that, I fully say do that. If you have to go to a shittier shop because you're in a, you're in a situation where it's not a safe space, you got to fucking do that, bro. Because if you're not in a safe space and that safe space, that shit, that shit starts flying, you're, you've been involved in that. And that's a, that's a tarnish on you. That's a, that's a scar on your record. I don't care who the fuck you are. I would fully like you knew that, that, you know, you knew that, you knew that shit was going on. You need to get the fuck out of there. Um, I will say this in that situation, don't go open your own spot and try to make people happy unless your clientele will allow you to open up a spot for yourself. And I still don't even recommend that because you're going to get stagnant. You're going to get stagnant. You're going to get complacent. I just, I just talked to a guy the other day that is a phenomenal fucking geometric tattoo artist within three hours from me been following him for a minute and is in a private studio told me flat out like that's the downside to it is that he gets a little complacent a little stagnant and he's been trying to have art nights and do stuff like that to combat that situation but yeah because i think there's i do think there's something lost on not tattooing next to people and a vibe going on and stuff like that and i think a lot of these young tattooers think like oh i'm going to go put myself in a in a private situation so it can just be a one-on-one experience and i don't think that that is necessarily uh how do i word this so i don't sound stupid i like the for me personally like i like the open floor plans um i like the the clients being able to vibe with the artist next to me you know i like for those those discussions to happen where everybody's involved and stuff like that you know um i think it, it makes a lot for of- a better or it takes a lot of pressure off us. We can focus on our work a lot better when there's other people to kind of talk with each other too. Yeah. And I, you know what I think when a person has an experience like that and everybody's involved and the artists are, are, are openly talking to them as well and involving them in the conversations, I feel like it takes the experience I almost feel that a lot of times it can take the experience from a 10 to an 11 for somebody. Now, it can also, depending on the human being, take an experience from a fucking 10 to like a 7, depending on knowing that that you're in an environment where we're all of the same mind, but we're going to, this conversation's going to come up that, you know, is a little bit edgy here and there. You know what I'm saying? Um, And I I don't think that happens so often because I think that, in the walls of some of these tattoo shops that you realize there's just a real sense of neutrality and people just talking to talk about things and not trying to be hurtful about shit, you know? And that, that goes from current events to some random shit in documentaries. You feel what I'm saying? So, but I do, I, I, I do like that. I think the, walking into a room with your client closing the door. Um, it's just, it's cool for private tattoos and stuff like that, but I don't really do those. (laughs) Like, yeah, if I'm doing a back tattoo on a female, we can think we can put a hoodie on you backwards. I can work on you and we're going to be fine. And nobody's going to see everything. Everybody's going to be comfortable. We can put a screen up, but we're still going to all be chopping it up about the same shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So, uh, and then how do people find you? What's your Instagram, uh, your website, uh, what's your booking process like? 
My Instagram is at Todd M. Tattoos or at The Dot God. Uh, I do all my booking through my website. Um, you can definitely message me on Instagram. Uh, nowadays, I've got an auto response set up. It's not because I'm not trying to be impersonable. It's because I don't really, I hate Instagram now. And I don't like being tethered to that messages. And I, but I don't also want to miss clients. But the brass taxes, I'm not going to book your appointment anyways. Uh, I have a booking manager, Josh, who's amazing at what he does. He's super responsive. He's super helpful. He's um, had the geometric tattooing done by me and Alan. He's super heavily tattooed. Like at this point, um, he can answer like 95% of the client's questions for me. So everything's done through the website. Uh, you can do that through my Instagram. Uh, I think it's toddmtattoos.com forward slash book. We'll take you to the booking link. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much it. I, 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 there's, there's honestly, there's very few geometric projects that I turn down. Like I figure out a way to make all that stuff work. So even if you got some crazy ideas, like I'm using the, chem the runner's chemical compound in a tattoo right now that the guy will know it's there. Nobody else will know it's there, but it's, I mean, it's gonna be pretty cool. And most people will be like, how the fuck are you going to do that? But, um, yeah, man, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not snooty about, uh, do I tattoo and whatnot. I just want to do cool geometric tattoos. Awesome, man. I'm going to stop the recording here.